1: It's funny. I said, <clears throat> I keep listening to that intro mm-hmm. and I know we've talked about this before. That intro is long.
2: Yeah, a little bit. We
1: We should think about maybe carving a little It's a little, a little
2: different now that we have to listen to it every time we record, too. Before oh. it's just like, yeah, throw it on there, it'll be fine. <laughs>
1: I've noticed it's the same.
2: Yeah, it, I mean, yeah. it's exactly the same, but we have to hear it now is the difference.
1: <laughs> I'm excited about the guest in the studio today. Uh, We've got her online here, uh, Dr. Heather Williamson from Richmond, Virginia. Um, She's written a book. We'll talk about the book on the show. Here's what she specializes in, Um, a psychologist, so a doctor of psychology. Um, She works with teams, building leadership teams, building relationships and trust. And Heather, are you online with us? I am online and I'm excited. Yeah, well we're excited because this is right up our alley. We uh, we need some trust built in this yes, studio. Yes, we do. <laughs> I don't trust Trina at all. I don't no, think she trusts me. I don't. So
2: Mm-mm. <laughs> So please work
1: begin working your magic.
2: <laughs> do we need a couch? Do we need to lay down on a couch for this?
1: Heather's <laughs> Heather's thinking, Oh great, they got me. The only reason they invited me into this show is so they can get some free therapy. <laughs> That's what those two are. There you go.
2: Listen, we need sometimes, it, but that's not what we're looking for. <laughs>
3: sometimes a cocktail helps. I don't know. Uh, well,
2: I mean, we can right. do that. We can make that happen.
1: You were speaking Trina's language. We, yep. <laughs> Welcome. Yes. Welcome into the show. Uh, we're, <clears throat> we're excited about the episode. Uh, we talk a lot on this show about our real estate backgrounds and, and the company that we work in. But more importantly, our listeners, and we are comprised of a significant amount of people that building trust with their clientele, building performing teams, things that they're going to find in magnetic trust in your book, uh, this is right up their alley. If they're listening to this podcast or will listen to it, they're going to get a tremendous amount of information today.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. I think so.
1: Yeah. So tell us a little bit about you, if you don't mind. Uh Kind of brief background um, history, how you got to where you're at today, and um, we'll uh, we'll start like that.
3: All right. Uh, well, I'm a social psychologist, and my focus uh, has always been around the concept and of leadership and how to make great leaders. Uh, and it started years ago when uh, I actually had this company for almost 14 years. And it started when I was a sales rep for an organization, a large uh, Fortune 500 company. And I had the experience of participating in two Outward Bound programs. And uh, the Outward Bound part of it was, was fun, but for me, not enjoyable. Uh, I don't appreciate heights, but I did love the small group work on how to communicate better, how to build leaders. And so that kind of took me to my passion and purpose for uh, my life moving forward now. And I've been working with uh, business owners and senior level people for 14 years and absolutely love it.
2: When you say outward bound program, do you mean... Like leadership camp, essentially, where you get up in the ropes and trust falls and all those fun things that we've all seen.
3: Yeah. And you stand up on poles that look about the size of a pizza box.
2: Sean, have you ever done one of those programs?
1: I have not. Yeah, no, I haven't either. (laughs) We can try some of that. um, I mean, if she tells us that we need to do the trust (laughs) fall in here. and
2: We're not doing a trust fall in here. That's not going to happen. I'm just saying
1: you go first and we'll see how it works out. No, those, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> it's, it's amazing, those team building exercises. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, for me personally, where I, I guess my first, I think everybody gets introduced uh, maybe in just their peer groups or social groups as kids, whether you play sports or you're part of some activity, um, you kind of start building relationships in that team atmosphere at, at hopefully at a young age. I was in the military. I went to basic training and, and I was a field artillery instructor for over 20 years in the guard. So same kind of a, uh, we would get together and, and we would, you know, have those similar type of uh, exercises, if you will, we'll, uh, we we, have to depend on each other and, and build a team and operational teams. So.
3: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's uh it, it's a tough, it can be tough, but it is very much doable. It just takes a little bit of work.
1: Who's your typical client when now that you're working professionally with groups like that? Are they executive managers in companies that are, are building teams, or are they more the individual that's wanting to be a part of a team?
3: It is, it has move towards the individual who is trying to create a team. So it could be a brand new supervisor, new to management and has never managed people before, but they, you know, I get hired to coach them or advise them on how to do it effectively. Or it could be a manager who is a high performer and just wants to get to that next level, but can't can't figure out how. And so I get brought in for that um occasionally there's the manager who is trying to build that high-performing team but just struggles because they're lost so it it runs the gamut
1: i like that so so the individual portion of that that's a skill set becoming a leader uh building a team and and learning how to grow and nurture that team and um that is a missing ingredient right now you you know one of the things that I see happening, and it's just there's social experiments going on in front of us every day where people are buried in technology and their cell phones and iPads and the televisions. And we don't communicate near as well as we did 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Um, I, we communicate differently, you know, yeah. but it's not face to face communication. And one of the things that I've picked up on, Heather, is I've noticed that. <clears throat> A lot of the younger generation has a very difficult time looking people in the eye when they're visiting with them, making making eye contact.
3: Uh, I agree because, I mean, just think about the kids who were, you know, in their 17, their teenage years, and now their 20s. I mean, they would break up with their boyfriend or girlfriend over the text on the phone. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, in my day, that's not how it was done, <laughs> but there's that's how they communicate. That's normal for them. And then, you know, you get into the different multigenerational expectations of um, that's not how we communicate. That's not how we uh, want to convey our messages because misinterpretation misinterpretation happens and then conflict can come up.
1: Yeah. That's hilarious. When I was a kid, I broke up with a girl on a phone one time. (laughs) My mother heard it, and she made me drive over to her house and and face her in person. (laughs) She said, it'll build character. Go do it. Your
2: mom was not wrong, I don't think. (laughs) She
1: was. I didn't want to face her. Uh, I I broke up with her because I was scared of her. So I'm lucky I didn't get beat up. (laughs) Again. Again. No, that... um, this is this is wonderful leadership training. I watched. Um, I participated a little bit in the officer candidate school there at the training institute in the military. So mm-hmm. um, that was a, a sideline gig for soldiers when we're not at Fort Seal or shooting cannons. They need leadership trainers on that side of the house. But watching people develop, and there's um, there's a certain type of DNA that seems to it. Uh, adhere to that training a lot quicker uh, a lot easier than others it some people that have never been exposed to that um, it, I, I'm trying to delicately say that it's it's not for everybody mm-hmm. it takes a certain personality and a certain mindset to lead others and to put other people before yourself it's about the it's about the whole instead of the the one the individual and that's a hard concept for some people
3: it is. Um, uh, but the one cool thing about, and I'm a, a big believer that leadership can be anybody I think in my mind can be a leader is whether they choose to be one or not, because it's all about behavior. And when it comes to leadership, it's, you know, how do you, you they need to communicate what the expectations are. Um, it's not about, like you said, it's not about themselves. You can't be that, have that ego where everything revolves around you and you take, um, um, uh, what am I trying to say? You take, um, like, when success happens, you're saying it's your success when it's yes. not. It's the yeah. team's success. Yeah. And and so, but yeah, but you know, it, my husband is a is a marine, so you know, it's kind of like molding a group of individuals in the very beginning through boot camp, and then they come out, you know, as a team. And so, yes, yeah, it's it can be it can be taught, but it's you have to want to do it. You have to be motivated to do it.
1: Absolutely. Two important topics that we talked about pre-show that we, we really wanted to get into was building relationships, uh, yeah. learning how to build you know, lasting, long-term relationships. And then behind that, the second topic is building high-performing teams. And I think those, <laughs> kind, of, those kind of chronologically go in that order because you have to first understand how to build relationships and, and what that, that DNA is. You're looking at individuals and the team, what the goal is, the end game. Then you build a team around that of the, of, of the right like-minded people. So, right. so let's well, start. I, oh, go ahead. Go ahead.
3: Oh, I was just jumping in. Um, so, yeah, for me, my idea of building relationships and I'm, you know, kind of thinking back to when I was in that sales role and when I first had my territory, it was um, the t- competitor had that territory wrapped up. I mean it was all that competitors products and their signage and everything. And then when I moved when I took it over, it took me a year, but I slowly built relationships with each of those customers and it was through the process of, you know, being honest and genuine, you know, being authentic and saying, "Hey, I'm, you know, new either to the territory. I don't know, you know, your demographics that well, but hey, I want to learn more." And it's, you kind of focus your attention on those personalized conversations. And you also have to listen. You Mm -hmm. can't just go in there and, and sell, sell, sell. It's kind of like with, you know, with realtors, you can't just go, Hey, I've got all these properties. You've got to start building a relationship and listening to what your potential clients are wanting. So you sell the right product and even, you know, same thing with auctioning. So it's developing those uh, attributes of listening really well, listening to um, listening with intent. Because sometimes we're listening, or we think we're listening, but we've got our phone in our hand, or we're taking maybe some notes, but we're also in our mind thinking, "Oh, I I ran out of milk this morning. I need to go stop by the grocery store on my way home and get some milk." But you got so you got to kind of listen with intent.
2: Sean, what was the, what's your favorite quote God gave you?
1: That's right. Yeah, uh, that's that? actually Jimmy Dean's. He, he's the guy said God but... gave you one mouth and two ears. Yeah, you know for, for a, a reason. reason. Uh-huh. So, in in <laughs> exactly. sales, uh, just as Heather's saying right now, be a good listener. Be an active listener.
3: Yes, and you know you've also got to respond. Like if you say you're going to do something, then do it. You know, mm-hmm. don't. Don't wait two to three days. And it was so funny because I was at my neighbor's house yesterday who he unfortunately passed um, last fall. And so his brother is now fixing the house up to sell. And we went down there because I've got a friend that wants to look at it. And he was uh, telling me that he's been trying with several gravel people to drop off loads of gravel (laughs) and no one will return his phone call.
2: I've been having the same problem trying to get someone to paint my house. I, I can't get a bid. I can't get anyone to show up to give me a bid to paint my house. I'm like, I'm about mm-hmm. to spend $10,000 painting my house, and you can't come and tell me how much. Do
1: you, do you, so, you think I, that's just it's indicative of the market that we're in right now that companies are literally – that busy that they can't get to all of their phone calls?
2: I mean, possibly, but why tell somebody you're going to come on this date at this time if you're not going to come on that date at that time?
1: Well, I agree with that. Yeah. I agree with that. But that re- that requires a response. Yeah. Somebody responded and said, I'll be there Wednesday at 10 a.m., yeah. and then you're saying they didn't show up. Exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. a problem. That's, that's a problem. It, at least at a bare minimum, um, such as a podcast show, that was supposed to start 15 minutes earlier than it did (laughs) uh, send a message out ahead of time and say, listen, I'm, I'm running a little bit late to the studio. You know, can we push this 15 minutes and just be accountable? Yeah. Um, (laughs) And I I think people respect that Heather. Also you just got through talking about listening and there's, um, I heard somebody say one time, I said, I know you're listening to me, but are you actually listening? Are you actually yeah. listening to me? And I, I I, got the feeling that that's what uh, you were really kind of talking about is being an active participant in a conversation and being a listener and not sitting there thinking about what you're going to say next the whole time the other party is, is talking to you.
3: Exactly. It comes back to like listening with intent, being that active listener. So asking questions and those nonverbals of not in your head and and, um, you know, maintain eye contact, these kind of things, but yeah, asking questions to to really clarify, make sure you're on the, on the same wavelength.
1: Very good. We're talking about building relationships, being present, being in the conversation, listening with intent, uh, as you put it, follow through, do what you say you're going to do. I'm kind of recapping everything that you (laughs) just said. (laughs)
3: So you're a good listener.
1: You're taking notes. <laughs> I'm taking notes. I, you're exactly right. I am setting or scratching out notes, and I'm, uh, I'm trying to better myself through professional education. Yes.
4: Um,
1: what else? What are we missing in, in building relationships if you were focusing specifically in sales? And I say this all the time. And to me, personally, I, 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 I don't have all the answers. I can always be corrected. But to me, there are key traits of of good salespeople, whether they're selling shoes or ball bearings or selling real estate, regardless of <laughs> what you're selling, if you have a good product out there, what we're always kind of looking for that good DNA in, in people that tend to make good seller uh, salespeople.
3: Um, I one key thing is important, I think, and that is the be empathetic. I mean, you've got to put yourself. In that person's shoes. And, you know, they could be purchasing their first house or they could have a lot of pressure on them with, all right, now I've got to sell this house within 30 days and and try and find a new one. It's always putting yourself in the other person's shoes and being uh, empathetic. And it also, I think, if you kind of treat that person as a VIP, and what I mean by that is just simply a very important person. I think sometimes we start, um, I don't know, we start getting conditioned, and it's like, all right, I've already done this umpteen million times, yeah, and so we just kind of go through a routine. But if you have to look at it as a each person is an individual and recognize that, and so whether it comes down to. Hey, send in a birthday card or um, gift cards. I know my neighbor's house, uh, the other neighbor actually w- had her house on the market and it, it didn't sell within the time frame that the contract was wit- written for. But the realtor, because we were kind of managing it for her, um, sent us gift cards to restaurants. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking that was really very nice, unexpected. And appreciated. So it's kind of you know showing that rep- appreciation, and even just a simple thank you note. I mean, I've worked in companies where the uh, executives have sent thank you notes to employees who have gone above and beyond, and that meant more because senior leadership recognized them than you know just a little note from a coworker or, or a boss. It was much more impactful from a senior level.
1: It's funny how those little things tend to resonate with people, how they stick in their mind and not only in the present, but how they, um, I I was reading this in your, in your bio in preparation of this show. Um, you had something that had happened to you at work that kind of maybe was kind of a life changing event, you know, or it may have at least set you on a different course with trust and, you know, being appreciated at work and stuff. I don't know how long ago that was, but that could be 10 years ago, you know, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And people will harbor that. They will carry that for a long time. So it's not just in the present what happens today. It's, it may be something that you were doing incorrectly five or 10 years ago that is, is causing you equity with people. Costing exactly. you Costing you equity.
3: Yeah, and for me, that was about 16 years ago, but I've never forgotten
1: it. <laughs> and not that it necessarily in the, in the long run was a bad thing for you, because it, it that's the kind of things that happen to us in life that make us the type of people that we are. And it forces us outside of our comfort zone and forces us to do things differently. Maybe we, you know, go back to college and, and get our doctorate or Ph.D. and, and you know, it, um, it can cause change a lot of times that in the long run will mold us into better people. Uh, but at the time, it, uh, it doesn't seem like the best thing in the world.
3: Yeah. I totally agree. But it's things that get put in your path that lead you to the, the purpose or direction you're supposed to be in.
1: Great content so far. I'll tell you what, we'd like to slip away. We're going to hear from our sponsors real quick. And we'll be back with more from Dr. Heather Williamson in just a few minutes.
5: Ever dream of owning a country estate, historic home, or lakefront property? Log on to unitedcountry.com. Would you like to retire to a home built on breathtaking acreage in the mountains? unitedcountry.com. Ever dream of your own private hunting preserve? unitedcountry.com over 30,000 farm recreational and lifestyle properties are just a click away helping people find their american dream for over 90 years we will help you find yours log on now to unitedcountry.com and find your freedom
4: Buying and selling minerals is a breeze when you have the right energy professionals on your team. MineralMarketing.com is a leading resource for America's mineral owners. Whether you're wanting to lease or sell your mineral rights, Mineral Marketing has you covered. MineralMarketing.com, the oil and gas marketplace.
1: And we're back in the studio with Dr. Heather Williamson. Uh, from Richmond, Virginia, she's talking about building relationships, building trust with people, building uh, high-performing teams, sales teams, and and executive teams. Um, Heather, one of the things that we mentioned or that you mentioned on break was asking questions. And I, I'd like for you to elaborate on that just a little bit more um, in the sales kind of technique or or building relationships with people, asking questions. Tell me what you mean by that.
3: So what I mean by asking questions is uh, when you start talking with someone, don't have your own agenda in your mind. You really need to be focusing on the other person. So building relationships means that you get to know them. So it's asking them questions about what their interests are, maybe about their family, but you're not focusing on selling.
2: Gotcha.
1: Okay. So you're, when you're, I, I think, what was the term? I, I'm trying to think of, I think they call them smoke out questions or, you yeah. know, where yeah. it's the technique of just keeping somebody questions. talking, yeah, yeah. Leading, leading questions.
3: questions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And the strategy behind that is, is they, you know, most people would claim that, in sales, if I can keep you talking to me, the longer I can keep you talking to me, the more that you're building rapport with me.
2: Well, the more information you're getting out of them, too.
1: You're getting a lot of yeah. information, but um, I think even in psychology, they say people will build rapport with you by if if, if they will start dropping or lowering their guard while they're visiting with you, mm-hmm. while they're talking to you, and they will talk self into the fact that, okay, this person is – You know, seems they came. I thought they were a salesperson, but they seem pretty harmless. And I like this person, and now I'm talking to them even more. And I'm I'm talking myself into doing business with you,
3: right? Especially if you share common interests. Yeah. Then there's that similarity that you start to perceive.
1: You know, that's a big one. Um, Mm -hmm. And and smart salespeople I've noticed before will do some research. I have a call coming up. And, um, without going into any detail, one of the things that I asked the person, I said, well, tell me a little bit, it's a client of his and they may want to sell a significant amount of property. I said, what's his background? What, what did he used to do? And he worked for a company that I sold, um, have sold a very large property, uh, four years ago. So I'm already starting to kind of identify some ways that I can maybe align the conversation where we have a common interest or, or some common history.
3: Right. It, it, especially if you don't know the person, like you like you don't know this person, if you can quickly uh, identify some common background and interest, it moves along the process a little faster.
1: Exactly. Now that we have the relationship building, being an active listener, asking the right questions, building rapport and having people talk to us, how do we start building a team, like a sales team or a high-performing team around that, what, uh, what would be, and, and this is for the listeners that are thinking about building a team or an individual, and I know that you work with individuals, you work with leadership teams, uh, but let's, uh, let's focus on, let's say that loan broker uh, that's mm-hmm. out there, and he says, oh, I would like to start identifying and kind of building a sales team in my market. Uh, give us some strategies that they could they could use to to begin doing that.
3: Well, I think the first concept you kind of have to figure out, and it's a great way to visualize it, is a what a perfect high performing team looks like. And if you ever look up in the sky and you see the can of the geese flying up ahead, and you notice they're all in that V formation, and you've got the leader at the top, you know, at the point. Mm-hmm. And what you're noticing is that they're all, you know, flapping their wings at, you know, at the similar times, they're all heading in the same direction. And if one, if the lead uh, goose gets tired, he'll move back. And another one takes its place. So what I'm trying to get at is that is what's key to a high performing team. So the leader, when you're thinking about creating yours, then think about, what that person, these, your teammates are going to contribute, you know, what is their purpose? What are they going to be doing? And you have to be clear on that. And so communicate, which leads into communication, you've, you've got to be able to set clear specific goals um, and they need to be attainable, not too high where they get discouraged if they don't get reached, but you know, the whole smart goal concept, Mm -hmm. but you know, setting um, clear, specific goals and, and what needs to be attained, where the company's heading, so that vision is there, that you would be communicating. And you really want to promote cooperation. And, you know, you've heard so many times there's no I in team, um, but there is a me. But we're, we don't want to focus on the me part. We want to focus on you know the team and we all are working together so if you see one person struggling then you you know offer help and you know no one quits before the project's done we're all working together to achieve that common goal and when when you do that and you have people that you've identified you know with their strengths it you will develop that and it's you're the as the leader of that real estate group, then you're the cheerleader. You're the, you're the big promoter. And I think that when people appreciate the effort that you're doing trying to create this positive environment, mm-hmm. then, and, and they're working on things that are meaningful. It, it, you will eventually get your high-performing team.
1: I'm still taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> you're giving me, I'm glad you, you're giving I'm glad me, you're some, taking
2: notes, treat, treat us, <laughs> watch me write all this stuff. I'm writing as writing fast as I can. I about geese again <laughs> after the Could last you? show.
1: So I've studied nature a little bit and I love the geese analogy. If you look at the V that geese yes. fly in, mm-hmm. and uh-huh. I don't know if you've ever noticed this or not, but one side of the other will actually be a little longer. bit longer than mm-hmm. the other side. You know why that is? Um, it's because it has I more geese not. in that side.
3: <laughs> Why? You're going to teach me something new. Why? No, it's he did be- not teach you
2: anything. I promise. <laughs> it's, it's because
1: it has more geese in that one side. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I couldn't resist.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs>
1: no, it it's a great analogy and, and I am seriously taking some notes here. Yeah. So leadership, obviously that, um, that's the one thing, I keep talking about the military today, I don't know you why, do. but I guess, the yeah. one thing that they would teach, and I, I think it's an excellent kind of a team building exercise is you, you have people in different duty positions on, say, a gun, a howitzer. Mm-hmm. You yeah. have a chief, and then a gunner, mm-hmm. and crewmates, and every, but even the lowest ranking person on that gun knows how to be the section chief.
2: Yeah, he knows yeah. what the next guy's role yeah. is. Because yeah. anything
1: can happen, and... Mm-hmm let's Mm -hmm. say a field of battle, anything could happen, you know, in that, in that exercise. And that person at the bottom of the totem pole has to step all the way up to the top, has to be that point goose. Mm
3: -hmm. Exactly.
1: And that is uh, it's a great analogy because when you start experimenting or, or role-playing with some of those other people on the team and saying, well, what if you were leading? What would you do? And, and putting them into that position, not only do you get maybe some outside thinking and some creative thinking, but you also are validating that you care about other people. Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. You're,
1: um, you know, you're heightening their experience, and you can build people that, regardless of the amount of money, they're not leaving that team. They're not leaving that, that family or that environment that you've created.
3: Exactly. People are going to leave an organization because they cannot stand their boss any longer. And based on, you know, whatever that that boss did, it's, they're not leaving the company for the sake of the company. They're leaving it because they cannot work for that boss anymore. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> it's tough to give up that um, that that power. And, and sometimes it's not always just a power struggle. It's um, it's a confidence Thing You know, people become confident or overly confident in their sole ability to do something within an organization. And believe it or not, uh, there's other people that are capable in your absence of, of taking that role. So but it's it's difficult to step aside yeah. and, and to put somebody in that role and to watch them, um, you know, and, and to nurture them into that role because some people become threatened. Let's yeah. let's just yes, call it what it, it is. Sure. They become very threatened by that and think, oh, you know, if it's, if I make it look too easy, why don't they just replace me? So, mm-hmm. <clears throat> very true.
3: Yeah, and you also have to get your team. Uh, you have to get commitment from them, and so that kind of leads back to when it comes to a high performing team, everybody has to be committed on the same goals, and everybody has to be committed on what they're doing. To help achieve those goals so i think it's you know it's important and kind of refer you can think about the c's you know commitment contribution communication cooperation and even you know some conflict might come up but conflict can be good especially if you're sharing ideas
1: conflict is a lot like constructive criticism (laughs) yeah there's a difference between (laughs) criticism and constructive criticism and if you're going to correct me and it makes me a better person, and I'm mature enough, big enough to take that, um, that correction, uh, then that's a win for everybody involved. Um, but um, if it's not delivered appropriately, or if it's, um, if, if it's just not appropriate correction, you know, it's just belittling or badgering, then that's, um, that's not good for anybody.
3: Very Yes, very true. So when you're, you're working, get, get to where you want to be.
1: When you're working with teams or with your, you're working with individuals. Is there, and I'm, I'm sure this is a loaded question because I'm going to ask about the time element to get from A to Z. Um, mm-hmm. Is there, is there kind of a typical time element from where you start with people to where you feel like you have achieved kind of the the goal or the mission and you move on to the next person or.
3: Uh yeah actually there is and i mean I, my engaged my typical um advising or coaching engagement t- typically is a year um i've been actually held on re- on retainer or, or with a client for several years um and it's really it's not that they haven't learned anything it's just that i'm like their sounding board mm-hmm. but um and i've done it as less than you know 6 months but you Behavior change isn't something that comes naturally because we're always going to revert back to old habits. So it's that constant reinforcement of applying those new skills and behaviors that you've learned in in your particular work situation, whatever that may be, when it comes to, you know, leading your team.
1: That's um. How many clients do you work with typically, you know, at a given time? Do you have a a lot of clients or are you focused? I'm trying to get my head wrapped around like how, what the the contact, the amount of contact that you have with with somebody that that you're kind of working with in leadership development.
3: Typically between 10, uh, if they're individuals, and it could be if they're groups, it can be you know maybe like another ten or fifteen max.
1: Okay, ten to fifteen at a time. So yeah. one of the things that's going on, <clears throat> there's there's two things that are happening right now in real estate, and one that uh, because of just the the market is is very robust, uh, the housing market's strong, the land market is strong, inventory is in very short supply. Mm-hmm. So yes. a lot of individual brokers, auction companies, um, people that are even in parallel organizations like closing company stuff, there's um, they can be high turnover right now. They're they're working primarily in the brokerage level for recruiting. They're working on the recruiting and trying to bring in quality agents or salespeople, and that's where. I was excited about, um, about you being on the show today because this is, uh, this is a hot button for a lot of, uh, realtors, a lot of brokers, a lot of auctioneers as I would love to find those people. How do I do that? So I'm going to put you on the spot here. Can you, can you maybe give them an idea of some areas where they could look, um, you know, just, uh. I had somebody that contacted me the other day. He just re- retired from a healthcare, uh, an executive position in a healthcare company, and he's also in the ministry. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it's a kind of an yeah. equine or a cowboy ministry. Well, the great thing about that, if if it evolves into, yeah, I would like to get my real estate license and possibly join your company, is they have those niche markets that need to be served like equine properties and so on. So I'm just, I'm, I'm thinking, are there places for people that, you know, and certain types of people that they could be looking for around building this, this leadership team if they don't currently have the team part of that?
3: Uh, Well, you know what? A lot of companies have referral programs Mm -hmm. and, and so you know, if you use your high performers that you currently got as your referral base, your your source, that, then that will help because they know people who might be looking rather than just, I would never take a warm body just for the sake of taking a warm body, um, which some people do if they feel like they're in a desperate situation. Um, but I think that, like what you said with uh, equine, it's kind of figuring out, okay, well, what is isn't the niche that I want and and kind of put that like in the center of a, of a circle. Mm-hmm. And then think about all the different, um, uh, relationships or, um, um, connections that are made from that. So you've got equine, you've got vets, you've got, um, farriers, you, you know what I mean? You've got Certain, uh, I can't think of anybody else, but um, <laughs> off the top of my head there. It's but, all like
2: the overlapping circles of your acquaintances that you have. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And people that fall into those niche markets yeah. that are kind of working in and around those um, those social circles.
3: Right. Because you don't know who might be looking for something, you know, part-time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a great place to start for sure. So. Yeah. Uh, figure out kind of what that market that you want to serve it it almost feels like we've come full circle because now we're talking about building a team but first you have to figure out what the team's going to do before you build the appropriate teams
2: you have to build a mission before
1: you can fill it with people yeah
3: exactly exactly you got to know where you where you want to head down what Mm -hmm. path you want to go
1: outstanding outstanding you know what it's sponsorship time again we're going to slip away we're going to hear from our sponsors real quick and we'll be back in just a few more minutes with more from dr heather williamson
5: ever dream of owning a country estate historic home or lakefront property log on to unitedcountry.com would you like to retire to a home built on breathtaking acreage in the mountains unitedcountry.com ever dream of your own private hunting preserve unitedcountry.com over 30,000 farm recreational and lifestyle properties are just a click away helping people find their american dream for over 90 years we will help you find yours log on now to unitedcountry.com and find your freedom
4: Buying and selling minerals is a breeze when you have the right energy professionals on your team. Mineralmarketing.com is a leading resource for America's mineral owners. Whether you're wanting to lease or sell your mineral rights, mineral marketing has you covered. Mineralmarketing.com, the oil and gas marketplace.
1: And we're back in the studio with Dr. Heather Williamson. Uh, We're talking about uh, building relationships we're talking about building high-performing teams, and uh, Heather. Before we get uh, before we wrap this up, I'd like to talk a little bit about your book, Magnetic Trust. If uh, if you don't mind telling us a little bit about um, how that book came to be, uh, maybe the intent of it, and how our listeners can find you and and get a copy of the book if they want to.
3: Absolutely. Thank you. Well, it came to be because it is actually based on my dissertation, which looked at trust and leadership. And it really in in like I had think I had shared briefly before, you know, I've had horrible bosses. And the book came about as a as a way for me to share how you cannot be a jerk boss. And so that was kind of the 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 idea concept behind it to really help develop trust with uh, employees and so they actually can build that high-performing team and so i've got eight simple rules that actually will share you how to do it with actually experience of other executives in different industries and there's one actually here in real estate just so happens and um but yeah, so it's experiences of different executives on how they implement each of the, the eight different rules, such as you know, being authentic and predictable and be transparent and exhibit ethics and communication and own it, don't blame it when it comes to problems and show competence and then lastly don't play favorites is the last rule. Yes. So but yes. Yeah. And you can get this on Amazon. You can find it under, I guess you could type in Magnetic Trust, but I know you can find it under Dr. Heather Williamson. And, yeah.
2: So, this book is for anybody that does not want to be a jerk boss. Yeah?
3: Exactly. Sean,
2: I know (laughs) what you're getting for Christmas this year.
1: What? that
2: it will no longer be a bottle of jack it will be magnetic trust
1: yeah well i would welcome i would welcome the book um not necessarily for the reason that you just named i I think it would be a great stocking stuffer it would be (laughs) heather if uh, the listeners would like to reach out to you i assume you'd be okay with that Um, how can they find you
3: Oh, they can find me on my website, which is transformationgroupllc.com. You can also reach out to me directly at Dr. Heather uh, at transformationgroupllc.com. And I happen to have a YouTube channel, which I started in the fall, which is Dr. Heather Williamson, where I actually share leadership tips and strategies weekly. Okay.
1: Outstanding. Well, this has been wonderful. It's been great to have you on the show and the information that you've given us is um, invaluable mm-hmm. for people that want to build stronger relationships with their clients. They want to build um, you know, high-performing, award-winning teams and, and teams that just not only function well, net good positive results, but they just also enjoy working with each other. It's, it's about building positive environments and I'm excited that uh, you were able to join us on the show today.
3: Yeah, Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it.
1: You bet. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Dr. Heather Williamson from Richmond, Virginia. I hope you got a lot out of uh, this episode of the Cell Ring podcast, and um, we're going to let her off the line here. Dr. Williamson, uh, we appreciate you joining us. Thank you. That was uh, insightful, yes, to say the least. Very much so. Yeah,
3: yeah.
2: Dr. Heather Williamson.
1: Yeah, she's. Um, I'm. I'm excited to look at the book, Magnetic Trust. I. I love the name of yeah. the book.
2: Yeah. It. Yeah. I'm glad you're excited. Well, I mean,
1: <laughs> it's just I uh, I don't know. It's that's a catchy. It is a very. It's a, a, a great name. book
2: name. She she has a great publicist, obviously that um, did her well. It's a pretty book too. It looks like based on the cover, so.
1: Yeah, I'll get farther than that, I'll get Well, to...
2: I mean, that's as far as I can see right now until I read the book.
1: Fair enough. <laughs> okay. Well, we appreciate her being on. It yes, was a yes, great yes, episode. Do. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope it was good for you. We, a uh, lot of content, if you're a broker, uh, auctioneer, if you run a company, anybody that's listening to this out here that either wants to become a better leader or wants to become a better member of a team mm-hmm. that's being built and developed, this is the content that, uh, that will help you get there. So we appreciate her, appreciate her being on, yeah. and uh, I think that wraps up this episode Guess of is the is. show. Ladies and gentlemen, we look forward to visiting and seeing you next time inside the cell ring.
0: Thank you for joining us for today's show. To access all resources and links mentioned in today's show, head over to www.thesailring.com now. We appreciate your feedback and encourage you to share the show with other industry pros like yourself.
3: Join us next time as we meet you inside The Sail Ring.